this evening to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter number 50, Genesis chapter 50. Tonight we do have a uh, choir practice for our Easter service coming. We got choir practice in the, the choir hole back here. So, um, no, uh, we, we're going to have a meeting just after the service. So if you are in the choir or have been in the choir or you want to be in the choir, um, meet us right here at the piano afterward. Uh, the sooner we're all able to get together, the sooner we can get started. The sooner we get started, the sooner we'll be done. So uh, I hope that you'll, you'll try to be there and be there for that. Um, amen. Genesis chapter 50, and I had uh, been praying about what to speak on this evening. Uh, the, uh, the Lord, I would say, confirmed that to me even more so, just in, uh, as I was kind of back and forth. And, and, um, uh, but uh, the Lord just assured that this is, this is the message that he would have for us tonight. And so uh, we have been going through the life of Joseph, and we're kind of jumping the gun a little bit on some of his life. We may backtrack later, but I, I have been thinking upon this um, uh, this passage of scripture um, during even the week that we were away for a bit, and, and a lot of many of these things have been coming to my mind, and and uh, just thinking upon them, how that God uh, is behind all things. Isn't God good? Amen. And uh, He's here. That's exactly right. He is all good all the time, and and all the time God is good, right? And uh, there's nothing that uh, God ever does that is by mistake or by accident or uh, that is that we would call coincidence. It's God. Uh, God is behind it all. And uh, Genesis chapter 50, uh, we come to really the, the end of the story of Joseph, but um, we find his discussion, which he has with his brothers, and his brothers have already sought to make an apology at once uh, in, in, in Scripture, but we see yet again upon the death of Joseph's father, uh, Jacob, and notice what the Word of God says in verse 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requit us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive me, I pray thee now, the trespasses of thy brethren and their sin, for they did uh, unto evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespasses of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. I bring your attention to verse 20 in the middle of the verse where the Word of God says, God meant it unto good. God meant it unto good. Uh, take a few, just a few pages back to Genesis 45. Genesis 45. And again, this is the first of those incidents where uh, Joseph is now confessing before them that he is their brother. Remember, uh, it, it was in their coming for food and yet... Uh, Joseph setting it up that it looked like Benjamin had stolen the cup and, and he was going to hold back one of the brothers and all, the, all these brothers plead. But rather than Reuben, who you would have expected to have been the pleader, or, or rather than uh, any of the other brethren, it's Judah, the very man himself, who had uh, so conspired uh, at the beginning of Joseph's life to even slay him. And, uh, but notice the, the response that Joseph has to his brothers in verse 1 of chapter 45 then Joseph could not refrain himself before all of them that stood by him and he cried 
cause, cause every man to go out from before me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said to his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. I bring your attention to verse 5, where the Bible says, Ye sold me hither, for God did send me. Ye sold me hither, for God did send me. You know, of all the things, uh, of all the characters in the Bible that we would, could say that truly suffered and suffered rightfully uh, uh, of what we are told, he suffered at the hand and at the result of someone else's sin, it was Joseph. Joseph was not one that uh, could, not one that was living in open sin, and these were the consequences of his sin. This was a man who was reaping the the uh, the harvest of sins which his brothers had sown, and his whole life has been completely reformed and completely reshaped, and and so many things have have. Um, uh, have caused and, and brought Joseph to this point in his life where now he looks at all of what one would describe and call suffering and trials and discouragements and things which cannot be understood by mankind. And he says, God, God was behind it. In fact, God sent me here. God's the one who, though you thought that you sold me with your hands, God's hands were the ones that put me in the hands of Potiphar. It was God who instrumentally worked Though Potiphar's wife accused me, it was God who was behind it all and allowed me to go to prison rather than not be put to death. It was God who caused me to be remembered in prison, even when uh, others had thought that, uh, even when I would have liked to think that I was forgotten. It was God who placed me in the position right under the command of Pharaoh, having the leadership and the authority over all of the land. That was God. He says, God placed me here. God meant all of those things that he brought into my life unto good. And I say to you that it is so easy to look at the trials and the discouragements and the suffering times of life, the times of life which we don't have the answers to. And it's easy, uh, so one could say, yeah, you get mad at God or yeah, you get frustrated. Well, truthfully, it's easy to not see that God was in it. You understand this, Christian, that you are not where you are now if God had not brought you through all of your past. You know, there, there have been times in my life that have been discouraging. They've been frustrating. Uh, they've been without answers. They've been with, without knowing what to do. But can I say to you that it is the message that we find of Joseph where he says, God meant it unto good, that God allows all these things to happen in our life to bring us to the place where we are now. And we can either look at all those things and say, wow, look at all my suffering. Look, this wasn't even my fault. Look at all that I've been through. Look at all what's happened to me. Or we can say, God meant it unto good. It's the, it's the Christian who's trusting God and believing God through the trials and difficult times of life that can, uh, that can say with faith in the Lord, that can say, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change my past. Yes, those were not easy things to go through. Yes, it was difficult. Uh, I, I lost uh, 17 years of my life uh, as a result of, uh, of, of all this taking place. But God 
allowed me to go through all of these things to bring me to where I'm at now. What I'm trying to tell you is, is if you don't have a greater love and appreciation and faith in God through everything that God has brought you through in your life, then you need to be asking yourself, is your relationship with God what it should be? Because God will, can take any instance of life and bring it unto good, providing that we keep our eyes upon him and humble ourselves before him. Um, you know, this, you, you, the trials, the suffering, the discouraging times of your life may be, uh, may be because of uh, a mistake or a choice that you made in your life, some sin that's caused you to be where you're at now. It may be because of somebody else's sin that they've committed, and it's caused you to be where you're at now. But at the end of the day, um, are you going to look at all that God has brought you through and be able to say, God allowed me to be brought through this to give me the testimony, to give me the faith, to give me the trust in him that I should have for where I am now. There shouldn't be anything that, rightfully so, if our relationship with God is as it should be, we shouldn't be begging or, or, or wallowing, should we say, uh, in our past and saying, wow, why did all this happen to me? God, I wish, I wish things had happened a different way. But yet on the other side, we, sh we should be saying, God, thank you for bringing me through all that you brought me through. Because it's through what you brought me through. It's even through the mistakes that I made that you helped me to understand right now where I am that you bend it unto good. Amen? The Bible tells us uh, of these trials of life. And uh, maybe you're one that takes notes. I want to give you this evening some things uh, that um, uh, should be remembered when going through the trials of life. And, and uh, we, we think concerning the life of Joseph, um, how that God was always present in his life. Look at uh, uh, Genesis chapter 39, if you would. Genesis 39. Actually, a few weeks back, we, we uh, took note of these phrases in Scripture, but I want to bring your attention to them again. Genesis 39, we find, is the passage of Scripture where uh, Joseph is in Potiphar's house, and he's getting ready to be accused uh, 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 by Potiphar's wife. Um, again, by this time, he's already been sold, and... Um, uh, where one would have thought he was a, going to be a slave, yet God makes it very clear in verse 2, and the Lord was with Joseph. He says yet again in verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper. And we see yet again in verse 21 of the same chapter, but the Lord was with Joseph. And again in verse 23, the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hands, because the Lord was with him. The first area to remember is that God is in control. Don't forget that God is in control. You're going through something which you don't understand, you don't have the answers to. Remember, God's behind it. God's, God's orchestrating it all. You say, how can God take something bad, how can God take suffering and bring it into good? Because he's God. Amen? God can take the most ununderstandable moments of life and bring them unto good. But it's up to us as God's people to acknowledge that God has brought me through these things in order and so that I can have a greater walk in relationship with him. The Bible tells us God's in control. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8, we find the very definition of who God is. The Bible tells us that God is love. Christian, don't ever forget that God loves you. Don't ever let yourself be fooled uh, by uh, the lies of Satan 
that God doesn't love you as much because of some sin which you've committed or because of some thing that you're going through in your life. Don't ever forget that God still in his love is just waiting for you with open arms to just come to him and em embrace him. The, the Christian life is, 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 not, um, is not intended by God to be a life of, of suffering and trials and we just have to endure them and get through them and when difficult times of life come and we don't answer answers to, I've just got to stand up straight and stand up tall and I've got to press on and keep going. No, we grow in our love and our walk with God. Being able to see that it's through what God has brought me, uh, what, what I have been, what, what mistakes or what God has brought me through my life, it's through those things that God brings me to where I am at now. What I'm trying to tell you is don't let the past, catch this, don't let the past and the mistakes of the past or the sins of the past determine where you are now in your walk with God. Because it is God who desires to take the bad and bring it unto good. It is God who desires to take the ununderstandable things of life and to draw you to have a closer walk with Him. I don't know what you may be going through, uh, but I know that this passage of Scripture um, has, been a, has been an encouragement to me this past week, and God has only assured even more of the promises in His Word of how, uh, how that He can bring all things unto good uh, in these days uh, ahead. The Lord has just assured these things in my mind. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, the Word of God says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. We can quote verse 7 very easily. Verse 6 cannot be forgotten. We must stay humble. Amen? Staying humble. You see, it's where Joseph was able to cast his burdens upon the Lord because he stayed humble. He, he didn't wallow in the pities of life. Joseph had every reason to say, well, this isn't my fault. This is someone else's sin. I have every reason to, to, to not have gone through all that I've gone through. Joseph, in the, the eyes of the world, had legitimate reasons. But Joseph wasn't looking at his life in the eyes of the world. He was looking at his life in the eyes of God. And he, he believed that God was instrumentally working behind all these things. So God is in control. Don't forget He is. Number two... That God goes through. God goes through the trials with us. God goes through the trials with us. You understand that there is nothing you can ever go through in life that God does not understand. And I want to bring it to you on this level. Understand that though God is God, yet God was also man. And God experienced and felt and went through all the pains and the sufferings and the emotions that mankind feels today upon this earth. God doesn't just understand because He's God. God understands because he became man. We find the love of God in, in his understanding of that which we're going through and uh, in, in the very fact that he is God and the very fact that he became man. John chapter 11 and verse 35. Why don't you turn there with me? John 11 verse 35. There is so much of a parallel in the life of Joseph as there is in the life of Christ. And actually, when we find uh, Joseph weeping, it, it, we find <laughs> Jesus just the same weeping. This is the famous uh, of the verses in Scripture where we find Jesus weeping. But I, I, as I said this morning, context determines meaning. Let's be reminded of the context of the passage tonight. This is where Lazarus has died. And it was believed by all those who were there that Jesus was too late, that he'd waited too long. 
And notice Jesus' response to this, John 11, verse 35, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And the word of God says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Why did Jesus weep? Why did Jesus weep? Jesus weeps because he goes through. He goes through those emotional, suffering, discouraging, trying times of life. He understands. Jesus weeps. Hey, you may be in tears. You may have been in tears. You may be in discouraging times of your life right now. But could I say to you, Jesus weeps with you. Amen? Jesus weeps with you. Don't forget that God is love and that God loves you. He cares for you, that he understands what you're going through. I've broken down the very idea of Jesus' weeping in three different ways. Jesus wept because, number one, he identified with their pain. Isaiah 53, verse 4, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Again, Jesus became a man, therefore he understands man. Number two, Jesus wept because of the consequences of sin. He wept because he identified with their pain, but he wept because of the consequences of sin. I remind you tonight that there would be no pain and suffering, no trials of life, if there was no sin. God did not create sin. God is not the creator of sin. It was man who chose to sin. But when we go through the discouraging and the trying times of life, Jesus weeps because here's what Jesus knows. Jesus knows that there would that, that, that weeping is only a result of our sin nature. It's only a result of our sin nature. God uh, understands that, that um, our sin has corrupted our life. Our sin has, uh, in, its, in its right, it deserves punishment. But yet God in his mercy and grace, praise the Lord, he, he has not chosen to... Uh, give us the punishment as we deserve, but rather he's made a way of salvation. Amen? God, God does not force people unto himself, but he waits with open arms. And just as God waited with open arms the day that you came to know him as your personal Savior, he waits with open arms for you to come to him even during these times of life. Be careful that you don't run to your friends and your family and, and the people that you highly respect before you first run to God. God should be the first that you run to. God should be the first that you come to. Because God understands what you're going through. He understands that, uh, that uh, none of these things, none of these things would take place if it wasn't for sin. You say, well, that doesn't seem very encouraging to me. But be reminded, Christian, that heartache and sorrow and all of these things is simply a result of our sin. We can never think, we should never think in our life that though it was somebody else or though this wasn't my fault or though this took place, we should never conclude in our mind that uh, this, was, this is not a result of sin. Pain and suffering is a result of sin. Praise the Lord, we can look forward to a wonderful day when we're with Christ in heaven. There will be no more pain or suffering, amen? There will be no more crying, no more tears. And, and uh, the, the tears, truthfully, that will only be shed are tears of joy. Joy in coming before our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, singing praises to Him, uh, walking hand in hand together with Him. What a day that will be when... My Jesus, I shall see. Amen? That will be a wonderful day. Don't let your life upon this earth be focused and determined and your direction in life with your walk with God be determined as a result of the sins of your past. 
The Bible tells us Jesus wept because he identified with their pain. Jesus wept because of the consequences of sin. But number three, Jesus wept because of the result of sin. And notice what happens if one does not draw to God with humility as Joseph did and be able to say, God, men, and the good. Here's the response that will take place. We find that in John chapter 11 and verse 21. Here we see Martha responding to God and she says, If thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. We see yet again in verse 32, If thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. There's Mary speaking herself. You see, the results of sin, if we let sin linger rather than singing that God is behind all things, will first of all begin to blame God. We'll begin to point the finger, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? I don't deserve this. This is a... Have you not seen that I have done good before your eyes? Have you not seen that I've been living for you? I don't deserve this. The truth is, the only thing that we don't deserve is God's love, mercy, and grace. It's sin that has scarred and, 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 and that has corrupted mankind. And, and can I remind you that whether it's a sin which you've committed or a sin which another has committed, that sin will always affect you and the others around you. It'll always affect you and the others around you. And unless you humble yourself before God and cast your burdens before the Lord and be able to say, God meant it unto good, you're going to keep blaming God. You're going to keep saying, why did this happen to me? Number two, doubting God. Doubting God. In verse 39 of John chapter 11, the Bible says, Jesus said, take ye away the stone. And here's Martha's response. The sister of him that was dead saith unto him, Lord... By this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead for days. God, do you really, how could this really amount to any good? Lazarus is dead. There's nothing good out of this. There's a dead man in there. You, you roll away that stone, you're going to find a dead corpse. That's what you're going to find. There's, there's nothing in there. Why, do you, why even take the time? Why, why even take the time to believe that, that what God asked me to do and what God is desiring to do, why even take the time to give any attention to it? Because I already know the answer. That's what Martha says. I already know the answer. You don't need to tell me. I already know. Let me tell you, God understands more than you understand. Amen? And by the way, though Satan and Satan loves to work, Satan uh, loves to kick, kick up a fit when, when, things, uh, when God is blessing, when God is doing things, and, and when... He's, when Christians are seeking to walk for him, Satan will do everything he can to cause them to stumble. But yet at the same time, God can even take the works of Satan and bring them unto good. And Christian, it is of great importance that we catch this principle in our lives. That we can see that even during the times which we don't understand, whether your fault or not your fault, whether your choice or not your choice, God can bring it unto good. Humbling yourself before God and casting all your burden upon Him. Don't let yourself become uh, into, in the place where you're blaming God. This is because if you told me to do this, and now look what happened. Or now that I started living for you, look at what happened in my life. Don't doubt God. God, you, I already know the answer to this. Believe that He's in control. Believe that He's behind it all. Look at verse 40 of John chapter 11, where Jesus actually uses the word believe in His response. He says, Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Christian, that's the truth of the matter. Have faith in God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. You know the verse. Say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. 
In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust in God. Don't lean on your own beliefs of things. Believe that he's in control of it all. God's behind it all. I would say the, the, one of the most inspirational verses in my life, and life-changing verses in my life, is Proverbs 3, and verse 5 and 6, because it is so easy to doubt and to blame, rather than simply just trust by faith. The Bible tells us, number three, as we see and understand this very matter of God, meaning things unto good, God is in control of the trials. God goes through the trials with us, but number three, God uses the trials to accomplish his will. And I've already emphasized this throughout the message, but we could parallel Genesis 15, verse 20, when Joseph says God meant into good, to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. That God has a purpose in all things. We don't have to try to understand the purpose. But what you've gone through, what you are going through, what is happening in your life right now, God has a purpose behind it. And don't try to figure it out on your own. Humble yourself before God. Cast your burdens upon Him because He cares for you. Let's every head down and every eye closed. I'm going to ask the pianist if she would uh, play the song.